0: And I think that's where a lot of athletes will go wrong in terms of they don't think it's a mental thing too. They could be doing enough where like, you know, where to like a normal person, like that is healthy and they're doing more than even the average person, but to them, they don't feel like they're doing enough unless they're spending three, four hours working out. Mm crushing themselves in the gym whereas they kind of just have to move past that you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like that's that's not health that's performance
1: from the moment you wake up to the moment your head hits the pillow this is the it's all day podcast your home for knowledge and inspiration about fitness nutrition and the mentality behind what it takes to be great What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the It's All Day podcast. Today, I am here with my buddy, Dominic Fusco. Dominic is the host of the Pure Ambition podcast, and he's also a fellow online nutrition coach and former collegiate athlete. So, Dom, thanks for coming on the show, man. My guy, appreciate you. Excited to get going. Yeah, dude. So, Dom, why don't you kind of help people just paint a little bit of a picture, kind of like who you are, where you are from, those types of things, so they know who they're listening to.
0: Yeah, so my name is Dom Fusco. I am 23 years old. I'm from born and raised Philadelphia suburbs um, and I'm a former college football player. I played football at uh, Dickinson College, which is D3. I'm a podcaster. I'm a online fitness and nutrition coach and um, yeah, I have a podcast called Pure Ambition. Uh, I have an episode with uh, with Chris, which I'm going to be releasing here very shortly, so be on be on the uh, lookout for that. But yeah, uh, I help corporate former athletes, busy former like former athletes prioritize their health. So you know, as you know, like once we stop playing sports, it's really easy to fall into the trap or the you know the routine of not prioritizing our health, not getting to the gym, saying we don't have enough time. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was in that I, I had two corporate internships, um, I still work a. I still work like in, in like the business development um, for corporate, I work at a fitness tech company. But um, so these are things that I'm, I'm constantly testing on myself. I'm seeing what works, what doesn't work. I'm testing it with my clients. And I'm just seeing how we can all optimize our health, happiness and productivity. And we don't have to let those things suffer just because we work a nine to five job. Hell oh, yeah,
1: dude. And something that I'm curious about is when did fitness kind of become a big deal for you? Because I know we talked about this when I was on your show, when I was in college, I was kind of learning about fitness, but I really didn't get a grasp for it until after college. So I'm curious when, when was it a priority
0: for you and how did that priority first kind of come about? Yeah. So obviously, you know, playing sports, we have all of our workouts, like you know, we don't have to think about it. It's like you you go to the gym, we're, we're at the gym at one, and we're lifting, and we got practice at six, you know, we got yoga, you know, whatever on a certain day, everything is structured and regimented. There's really no reason. We, we don't really know why we're doing it. But we just, it's just what we're told to do, right. And mm-hmm. then during COVID, I, um, you know, obviously didn't have access to gyms for a long period of time. I was no longer being sent workouts of, you know, what I needed to go do at the gym. Uh, There was nobody telling me where I was supposed to be, what I was supposed to be eating. And I was injured at the time too. I had a herniated disc in my, in my back and I was really feeling pretty shitty about myself. You know, I was, and I didn't realize it was because, all right, like I'm not prioritizing my health right now. I'm not eating right. I'm not exercising. Um, I don't have proper sleeping patterns, um, you know, like just all these things that I know now go into overall health as well. But like in terms of fitness, that was really the first time in my life because I've always played sports. I've always been, to- like I said, I've been told what to do, like where I'm supposed to be at certain times. And now I, I didn't have that anymore. So I had to really figure it out myself and, you know, figuring out you know, what's my goal at this point? Do I want to be like a runner? Do I want to lift? Do I want to do a mix of both? Like, you know, what, what do I want to do? And, you know, I know for you, it was, you know, you found like CrossFit um, for me, like I started running and I'd never, I'd never really done that. Cause I'd always been playing football, you know, lift, lifting heavy weights, running sprints, things like that. Um, yeah. And so I was doing more like, you know, trying to, I was doing a lot of body weight work. I was uh, obviously, cause I didn't have a gym but I was doing like whatever I had access to and I was running because I didn't need to go to the gym. Um, and it was really the first time where I, I was able to like be creative in a sense with fitness, mm-hmm. because it was always, you know, we're squatting, we're deadlifting, we're benching, you know, we're super regimented. Right. Yes. Yeah, like super, just like compound lifts and like, you know, your basic um, you know, like football lifts. Right. And I had never done you know, like body weight workouts and like focused a lot on mobility and um, flexibility and like uh, cardiovascular health and things like that. So I was able to, I started going down rabbit holes, you know, reading books and watching YouTube videos and trying out different things. And I really didn't have a routine with like progressive overload and uh, you know, a four day a week workout and we're, you know, we're up and we're running on the track or we're running on the field at 6am on Wednesdays, like I didn't have any of that. So I really enjoyed being able to like the freedom to like to, to, to move my body in, in different ways to like to test different things. And, and I enjoyed it. And like, now I, I do know, like, I really, I like to do different things. But like, programming them out and like having mm-hmm. like doing things in like certain phases so like right so like yeah. sticking to a certain goal at a certain time but i realized like oh man like like this is cool like I, I like the ability to like be creative in a sense where i can build my own programs i can you know experiment with different movements see what works what i like what i don't like and that led me to being like yeah i should just get my personal i should get my certified my personal training certification like I'm, i was a business major like I said um so like I went to a liberal arts school we didn't have exercise science or anything like that so I decided to get my personal training cert and I really enjoyed being able to write programs for people like see their progress like see my own progress um learn different ways like different deficiencies I may have had like my ankle mobility sucks like you know my my shoulder yeah like my i have muscular imbalance like my shoulder strength isn't where it should be um all these kind of things where do you
1: think uh sorry to interrupt man but where do you think all that curiosity kind of comes from because when i think of athletes you're very much like me when i got done with college there's different types of athletes there's the athletes that once they get done with their sport they feel like i you know i'm glad i did that but that's over and they generally never work out again and they never do anything necessarily athletic. They just kind of drop that part of their life. And there's the other type of athletes who substitute whatever sport that was for the next thing. So I'm curious for you, like where do you think that curiosity and drive to kind of find the next thing, because that's where I would put you and I in that same boat, where does that come from for you?
0: Honestly, I never saw myself as a creative person it's funny, this conversation came up on a conversation I had on one of my podcasts recently, just about creativity, and like, the subjectiveness of it. So growing up, we're as athletes, we're not seen as creatives, we're seen as the jocks, right? You know what I mean? So and you know, you're either in the arts program, you're in theater, you're in band, or you you're in sports and it's not really both right mm-hmm. and i was never like a creative person in terms of like i wasn't great at drawing or like i wasn't good at like wood shop class like i wasn't good at like building stuff or working with my hands but i was always good at sports like i was always athletic obviously i love gym class i love playing sports and then i started my podcast a couple of years ago And I realized like, this is creativity as well. I realized that having conversations, unique, real, authentic conversation, like that's creating right there. Like this conversation, this conversation has never been had before between two other people. Like this is brand new, like this is unique. And so I thought, I realized that this is a way for me to be creative. And I like that because in sports, obviously there's not a lot of place for you to be creative really. Cause it's like, you're supposed to follow suit for what the, the strength and conditioning coach is saying, or what the head coach is saying. Um, and you progress in, in, in those specific ways. But when I got a taste of podcasting and being creative, uh, you know, I did some YouTube stuff and just being creative on social media, having my own personal brand. I really liked that. And I really enjoyed that. And then once I, um, discovered fitness in a way that wasn't always just training for performance in my sport, I realized that you can be creative in fitness, you can be creative in health, whether it be the way that you structure your um, warm up, because everybody warms up in a different way, whether the the way you you cool down the way you do mobility, um, the way that you structure your workout the way the meals that you prepare, like these are all ways for you to be creative. And after I kind of had that realization that like creativity is subjective to the person. And just because you're creative in one way, mean doesn't mean you're going to be creative in another way or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So once I got a taste of of that, I uh, really grasped onto it and enjoyed it. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, you, you harp on a really good
1: point that I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about and that you know, we're all in this, we're all kind of artists in our own ways. And like you said, we have very stereotypical like archetypes of what artists are. You know, artists have paintbrushes and a canvas, or they make music and they're composers. It's like the very basic classes you had in school. Whereas once you graduate school, you realize, and especially with technology, there are so many different ways to be an artist. You can say, you can argue that there's artists on sports fields. You know, especially I don't know about football because football. I think the artists are probably like the the guys who make the plays upstairs who can read the picture down there and they can make the call. Like they're the ones who have the creativity, the players execute that. On a soccer field, there's structure and formations, but once the ball's in play, everything's very fluid. And there's there's no necessarily right and wrong way. It's who can be creative in this given situation. And you being able to find that creativity in podcasting, it probably gave you a lot more confidence. I would say, because like you said, you never thought you were creative and now you found a creative outlet that allows you to tap into that area that you've never necessarily believed you had before. And I think fitness can do that for a lot of people as well. I know when I first started working out, it was super structured, it was super routine. And then once I realized, based on whatever outcome I want, there's a creative process in my training to get me to that outcome. And once you have a certain amount of mastery over it, you can then play with it the beginning stages you have to learn all the notes all the steps but once you've learned all those and you have a sense of mastery you can then make your Mm -hmm. own songs you can do whatever you want like you said in your warm-ups which I think is really cool Um, I got a personality question for you to kind of let the listeners learn a little bit more about you and I just heard this on a podcast and I thought it was a really good one what's your biggest fear regret
0: regret in what way looking back on my life and thinking or wishing that I had done more or that I, so the way I look at it is if like, I'm, I'm old, like I'm laying on my deathbed or, you know, something like something happens where like, I'm just, I'm not able to basically just at a point where like, I'm able to like, look back and reflect a bit on my life. I don't want to look back and say, I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have started that. I wish I would have gave this a go. You know what I mean? Like you're going to regret, you're never going to regret what you, what you do and what you try and what you fail at, but you, what you will regret are the things that you look back on and you never did. Mm -hmm. So that's what regret. That's why like regret fuels me because it's like, you know, what are the, what's the worst that could happen? Like if I start my own podcast, it doesn't work out or I don't like it. And like, I I just stop doing it fine, but I can, I can live with that. But what I can't live with is looking back on life and being like, man, what if I would have just done this? Mm -hmm. What if I would have just done that? That scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Are there any things right now
1: kind of in your life where, there's either like a decision you're decide, like you're thinking about making that you're a little bit fearful of like man I know I need to do this I'm afraid to do it but I'm also afraid of not making that choice and regretting it like you said
0: later in life yeah I think that's moving okay um, so moving into a new city a new state okay putting myself in a new environment and then also you know we're both, um, you know, fitness and and nutrition coaches and really doubling down and going all in on that, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but I would say those two things are, um, changing my environment and and moving and then really like doubling down on, on my own business. Yeah.
1: I think that one, that one's for me too. It's definitely a a big fear of, There's a lot of imposter syndrome. There's a lot of, and I, dude, I've had a huge realization with this recently in I've been trying to relate my business and even the podcast to my fitness journey and recognizing that I've gained a level of mastery in my fitness journey. And I tell people all this, I tell people this all the time. And I've said it even in your podcast that if you can take the principles you used to gain mastery over your nutrition and your fitness, you can take all those same principles, values, habits across any other area of your life and make improvements. And I've been reflecting on my business and my podcast and everything. And I've realized recently that I'm basically living out the, the typical yo-yo dieters lifestyle with my business. To where it feels like I'm crash dieting, trying to do so much. Basically I'm doing two hour, two hour workouts. I'm cutting my food in half. I'm not getting enough sleep and I'm trying to do everything and get the success and lose the 20 pounds in two months. And maybe it worked the first time and there was some success, but then there's the burnout, the regression back to the start, then the frustration. And then you try the next fad diet and the next fad diet works a little bit, but it doesn't work as well as the first one. And then you regress and then there's regret and frustration. And eventually you get to the point where you get this burnout and this sense of almost like defeat. And you see this a lot with people when they diet. They try every crass diet they can. They get a little bit of success. They feel defeated. Now nothing works because they fucked up their metabolism and they feel helpless. And I'm recognizing this a lot in my business to where it seems like, you know, for the last two years, I'm trying to do so much so fast because I'm comparing myself to everyone else. And just like everyone in the fitness game, they want the abs now. And they're comparing themselves to people on Instagram. And because of it, They're not getting the success because they're not focusing on the small foundational habits needed for that long-term goal. And I'm trying to connect those same lessons to my business and to my podcast and recognizing you need to build the foundational habits first and recognize that this is a long game and it's a tough pill to swallow. But if I've done it in the fitness industry and in my life with fitness and nutrition, I can do it in my business. So right now my big thing is just trying to consistently show up online and just build that habit no matter how I feel. Whether if I feel good, lazy, tired, whatever it is, because it's the same habit you have to build when you first start going to the gym. You just have to master showing up, whether you feel great or not. And you're gonna have shitty workouts, you're gonna have good workouts, but that's not the point. It's just getting the habit of showing up first before you can get into making every workout an 85% or better. So that's kind of been the biggest fear that I'm
0: kind of working through and building and making a huge realization with. Yeah. Really good points there. Couple things that I wanted to pick out of that. One is just first of all, I love the analogy to the yo-yo diet right there in the business and I completely feel that and I completely feel that in myself. Like I I'm not the one who likes to post a ton of shirtless pics on Instagram or social media and show, you know, like, this is me, this was me here, this is me now. But, you know, I realized, like, in the two and a half months since I've gotten home from college, I have lost like, 12 pounds. And I'm always preaching to people how important it is to make sure you're getting adequate calories, and you're getting adequate amount of protein, and you're getting enough sleep, like those are like three Fundamental things that you know we should do, um, amongst a few other things. But those are those are three importantly. And I like had this realization like I'm being a hypocrite because I'm not eating enough myself. I'm overworking myself. Like I'm not getting enough calories. I'm overworking myself. I'm not getting enough protein in. Like I'm not being consistent taking my supplements. I'm not being consistent with how much sleep I'm getting. And I'm not putting an emphasis on recovery. And so by me like putting that out there on social media, I'm not, I'm doing it as a way as like almost like accountability for myself. And I think that's important to have in whatever way you have accountability. And I'm not saying you need to put all of your progress and things on social media, but for me, that's accountability. Right. And I think there's also just value in sharing your story. Like I'm hoping that by doing that and sharing my story, that You have to be honest with yourself and you have to always be self-aware and write down where you are right now and where you want to be. What are you doing right now that you can stop doing that's going to, or you can start doing that's going to help you get to where you want to be. Like never being like content and focused, but always being self or never being content, um, always being focused um, and being self-aware you know, like that's, that's for sure. One thing um, that I've noticed. Yeah. What's been your biggest
1: struggle, you know, after college, like you said, it's been two and a half months. So, you know, got out of college, what's been the biggest struggle for you after college going into like the corporate world, going into business, because, you know, for a lot of us, that's a complete 180 in our lifestyle that nobody really prepares you for. We're all just told, you know, to go to school, you go to college and you graduate and you get a job and nobody lets you know like, hey, once you graduate college, your whole life routine as you know it is gonna be completely fucking different. And guess what? It's on you to figure it out because we just expect you to know what to do.
0: Probably one comparison, especially because I graduated a semester later than all my friends, all my roommates, everybody that I went to college with because I took a semester off to go back and play my last year of football because mm-hmm. COVID canceled my senior year. So I decided, that, and that's the semester where I got my um, certifications for personal training and nutrition coaching. But I went through the semester, I played football and then I got out in December and all of my friends, all of my roommate, not all of them, but most majority of them, they've all been working jobs, you know, they've all started to save up some money, they're all able to get together and, you know, buy some nicer things, go do, do different things, like they have some more structure in their day. And I got out, and I was, I put all of my effort into uh, football and school. And it was like you said, you know, putting like, you've mastered the way like you've, you've mastered, if you can master like, the way that you handle your own fitness and your nutrition, then you can apply that to all other areas of your life. I felt like this semester, this past semester, this past year, I was really able to, to master that. I figured out, I put on seven pounds of lean muscle over a couple months period at a time. I put all of my focus and effort into football. I put back a content creation on the back burner because that wasn't my main priority. My main priority was having success in football. Um, you know, being the best leader, I could be all that jazz. And then school, I was like, I'm paying for school. If I'm not giving my all in it, then I'm just throwing my own dollars away. I'm just flushing money down the toilet. So I had my best season in football that I ever had. And I had my best semester in school that I ever ever had in terms of grade wise. And I was still able to, you know, create an impact on on the community at Dickinson that I really wanted to do. But it's amazing what you can do when you eliminate like the ambiguity and everything. And you really just focus Mm -hmm. on like one or two things at a time rather than focusing on like putting a little bit of energy and attention into so many different things and putting all your attention and energy into like one or two things. And that's what I realized now. It's a realization that I had recently too is like, dude, look what you did when you committed to training for football. Look what you did when you committed to school there. Do that in all areas of your life and focus on one thing at a time. Right now you want to work on your business. put all your effort and energy into that. Don't like dip your toe in the water of 10 different things. Focus on doing one or two things because the other stuff is going to be there, but mm-hmm. you're not going to get to it as quick if you focus if you don't focus on this one priority at one time. So mm-hmm. I think that was one thing. But going back to comparison, again, just seeing what everybody else is doing and saying, I should be in that position or feeling bad for yourself. Um, you know, For me, I didn't know what I wanted to do once I got out of school. Obviously, I was a business major. Like I said, I didn't know if I wanted to go work in a gym, if I wanted to work in business for a little bit of time. But all I knew is I wanted to start my own business, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. mm mm-hmm. In the meantime, so that I could make a little money. Right. So um, just a lot of comparison um, and then just being able to focus my time in certain areas, like learning how to organize, prioritize, um, create work blocks, um, create like task lists. Like I know the power list, like you can't see it right now, but like that, like I asked I saw you, your post. Right. Yeah. So like I, literally when you, when I interview you on my podcast, I was like, what's the, what are those notes behind you? And you're like, these are my, my power lists, my wins and my losses. So like, I have that over here too. So I started doing that. Yeah. Just little things on how to track progress and, um, progress every day. But I would say like comparison, um, organization and like anxiety. Those are like three things that, that, uh, that come to mind initially.
1: Yeah. Well, then I guess a follow up question for that would be, you know, when you say you've had some of the biggest successes when you put your focus on like smaller buckets, but it's just more focus in those buckets versus spreading it all out. You know, when you say that you've lost, you know, the 12, 12 pounds or something with your weight as you've graduated college at what point with that do you think there has to be some sort of give and take? If you say now my focus is on my business, I'm going to have to sacrifice some of my fitness and I'm going to have to find a different level because before the fitness goal was associated with football and that meant it was everything that meant we needed the muscle in business. You don't technically need any muscle to be successful in business. You just need a certain amount to be happy, content, and confident with yourself. So are you willing to, and have you found it difficult to kind of let go of some of those fitness and athletic type goals in order to give more attention to your business
0: goals? So this is a good, this is a good question. This is something I haven't really thought about, but when you're training for a sport, as you know, you're still playing and you played in college, you do, you have to do much more then their sacrifice you there's sacrifice and you have to be willing to do much more to achieve that desired outcome. And that's that may not be that doesn't mean like you have to run sprints seven times a day because we all we you and I both know that if you if you go and run seven you do seven sprint sessions in one day you're you're not doing any good for yourself. You're actually causing mm-hmm. harm. Whereas if you do one sprint session, um time in a timed manner, like strategically that's going to yield the most results, but there is stretching mobility, you know, foam rolling, um, all these other like meal prepping, like, you know, like everything, like everything that goes into tracking your nutrition, um, like everything that is meticulous that goes into like achieving your, and, and, you know, you did bodybuilding too. So you know that, like, it's it's the same thing. Like, that's a sport in and of itself, right? So it's like, you have to go above and beyond um, in terms of that. And f- when you're not training for something, like right now, I'm not training for any specific, like physical goal or like race or like competition or anything like that. But I do know that mentally I need to push myself, right? Mm-hmm. So it's finding where I can continue to push myself, but not to the point where I'm like taking away from the other areas of my life. So, Mm -hmm. okay, what are the things that enhance the other areas of my life? For me, it's I like to run like four to five times a week. Not like, not crazy long, but just in the morning, like, you know, 20, 30 minutes just really helps me think Get like gets when I sweat, you know, like I I move my body, like I feel good. And then I also want to lift. So, but like, okay, instead of maybe going to the gym every single day for, you know, 45 minutes and doing like a true like bro split where you're going like one day you're hitting chest, one day you're hitting arms, one day you're hitting legs. Let me condense that into three days so that like, I'm spending like a couple days a week, four to five times a week, I'm going on these shorter runs. And then three days a week, I'm hitting that, you know, hour, hour, hour and a half in the gym. So I can still, and then the other days, you know, I'm hitting, I can hit mobility, but like, realistically, I'm like, okay, I want to spend, you know, at least like 45 minutes to an hour every day, move my body sometimes too, and then not going beyond that, right? And, and like, realizing that you're not going to be the most g- jacked, like in shape as, as you would be when you're training for something, but you're still going to be in good enough shape, so that your mental clarity is there. And like, for me, health is, is priority number one, like, I'm not going to prioritize my business over my health ever. So it's mm-hmm. finding that even that, that balance, whereas like, I'm still able to work out the way I want to and push myself but not to the point of like complete exhaustion and where it's taking away from um, my goals in business or my relationships or like my social life, um, my family, all those kind of things. Yeah.
1: I think this is one of the most difficult tasks for any former athlete going into the corporate business world is understanding now, like before when you played sports in college, like everyone has a bucket. That bucket can only be filled to 100 every single day. And based on how you slept, you might not even start at 100. If you have no good sleep routine, you're probably starting at like 78 or whatever it might be. If you drank on the weekends and it's Monday, now you're probably starting at like 68. And you've only got X amount of energy in that bucket. And now that you have a job, and if you want to be successful in your job, and if you want to make business a priority, regardless of anything, you probably got to take 30 to 40 off the top of whatever that bucket has. Because it has to go towards your business, it has to go towards mental energy, it has to go towards reaching out with people, making connections, networking, everything involved. Before, you used to have that extra 30 to 40 to go towards sports, having fun, whatever it might be. You still have schoolwork, but it's, there's not as much pressure as there is with business. So now you've got 30 to 40 taken off the top. The rest, if you've got, you know, let's say you focus on your health and everything else, you've still got 60 left. But you got to make sure as an athlete, you don't spend all 60 that's left over on athlete sport type things, working out two hours a day. This is part of the reason why I stopped doing CrossFit. I love CrossFit, but it's such a tax on your central nervous system to go balls to the walls, super high intensity, super heavy compound lifts to where... You could do those workouts, but every day at four o'clock, like you're dead. You want to take a nap so bad. Your central nervous system's fried and now you have no energy for business and you have to have a clarity and awareness enough to drop your ego and recognize I have to sacrifice some things for my business, much like I had to sacrifice things for my sport back when I was an athlete. You know how to make the sacrifice if you were an athlete back in the day. But now you have to make a sacrifice in a different context. And that's a tough pill to swallow for most athletes. But the ones who can get this right, I believe that athletes in school are probably more prepared for business because we already had double the workload in school. We already had class like everybody else had. But on top of that, we had weights in the morning, and then we had practice in the afternoon, and then you had mobility sessions, and you had video sessions, and oh hey way, you also got to get all your schoolwork done. Figure it out. So like we were already tested a lot t- more than a regular student was in college, so we're prepared for that skill set wise. We just have to have the ego dissolving enough to be able to accept that we can't put that other sixty percent of energy towards fitness. It now needs to be put towards giving us energy back for our business
0: yeah no 100 and i think that's where a lot of athletes will go wrong in terms of they don't think it's a mental thing too they could be doing enough where like you know, where to like a normal person like that is healthy and they're doing more than even the average person but to them they don't feel like they're doing enough unless they're spending three, four hours working out, mm-hmm. crushing themselves in the gym. Whereas they have kind of just have to move past that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's, that's not health, that's performance right there. Right. So mm-hmm. like obviously there's the triangle of awareness, there's performance, and then there's like aesthetic, and then there's health, like, you know, all those things that we were doing there. We were doing that for performance, and you don't necessarily have to do that anymore. You try to find that somewhere in the middle of that triangle, and our goals vary based on whatever you know place we are in our lives. And so, I think like prioritization has been really like learned. Like it's such a simple concept of like writing down your priorities, but like when you really think about it and break it down, it's really hard to narrow down your priorities and say like this is going to be my focus or like these three things are going to be my priorities and then from there you have to break down what you want to do on like a you know a weekly basis or even a daily basis and then there's always things I'm guilty of this I wake up my mind is rushing of all the things that I quote unquote like should be doing or could be doing but something that's helped me is just remembering that like what and like having them written down like on my desk so i can see them like my priorities and then like having that power list for the day and then like the things that you need to get done versus the things that like you can do once those things are completed and just like eliminating a lot of the anxiety that you have um by Eliminating the ambiguity in your life and your situations and just trying to keep that focus in one place. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, one of my coaches recently told me that anxiety is when you're too focused too far in the future. Depression is when you're too focused in the past. And like confidence and clarity is when you're focused in the here and right now. And I think a lot of us, especially once we get out of school and we start business and we start comparing ourselves and we start getting ahead of ourselves and we're like, oh God, we should be here. I need to be here. I'm not doing enough here. We're so future focused all the time that we just create so much anxiety within us that things like you're talking about, getting clarity on your priorities, making lists of what I need to do today and only focusing on those give you a lot more sense of peace and calm because you have clarity on your objectives versus constantly thinking about the next thing on the horizon, the next thing on the horizon. Um, Let me ask you this. What do you think about having goals outside of your business? Now that you 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 run a business, you're in the corporate world yourself. Do you think it's important to have goals in business and other areas of your life? Or do you think you should just have one, one
0: goal? No, I definitely think you need to have goal. You don't need to, but I think it's beneficial to have goals in other areas of your life? Because
1: what do you think are some good goals people should have that are like in the corporate world today, outside of just their business? Because I think most people in the business world, all they focus on is their business. And because of that, there's a lot of unhappiness, anxiety, fear,
0: resentment in their lives because of that. So one of my goals in my life and in my relationships is to be more present. And it's not like a metric you can manage or you can measure, right? Like, but internally you know, and if you journal, like a journal about it, I keep track of, like mentally I keep track of, you know, was I present in these in these situations, and so that's how these power lists have helped me too, um, and like keeping these priorities done because once you're done those priorities. And you you have the sense of like accomplishment that you got done what you need to do for the day, then you can be present in all areas of your life. If there's a never-ending list of things you need to do, then you're never going to be able to be present in certain scenarios and situations. So like, if I'm gonna go out like at hiking with my girlfriend, I want to be present there. Like if I'm gonna go play basketball with my friends on a Tuesday night, like we like to do, like I want to be present for that. I don't want to be thinking of like the other things I have to do. If I'm going to the Sixers game with my family. Like I, I want to be present. I don't want to be thinking about work. I don't want to be thinking about the podcast. I don't want to be thinking about the things I could be or should be doing. And like, that's something that you, you should, like, you could have goals in that sense as well. Right. And even if, uh, so a way that you could measure that is like, I want to be present. You set a goal, a measurable goal. Like, can I meditate once a day? Can I meditate twice a day? Um, do like some mindfulness practices or things that are going to take you away from constantly focusing on your business or like your career goals and recognize that those things are not, they're great. And they are, yes, they're a priority, but ultimately like, you want to be able to live your life too. And you want to be able to live fully and you want to live a fulfilling life with purpose um, and fulfillment. So I think having relationship goals, um, you know, health goals, spiritual goals, whatever it is for yourself, I think those are just as important um, as having business goals. what are your uh, your like health,
1: spiritual relationship goals if you don't mind sharing them for the listeners?
0: Yeah, for sure. So and and even another one is um, like a, a travel or adventure goal. like you know, I mm-hmm. want to travel to, Uh, I wanted to like, and not just like pass through, but I wanted to like visit like one new city, uh, a quarter this year, this year. So like, go, like go visit like each quarter, go to one new city, like immerse myself in that culture, like go, um, like expose myself to, to different ways of life. So like, that's one, that's like a a travel goal, you know? Um, and then once a month, uh, I want to like, for my relationship goals, I want to, I want to go like do a new adventure like with my girlfriend, you know, and like um, be able to like experience the world uh, with her and like, like do different things. So like setting those goals, whereas like, you know, you, that, that's measurable right there. It's like, okay, can I plan one day a month? And then from there, I plan that, I picked that one day and then from there I can go and I can look at that day and I can try to find some events that are going on, or I can plan something from there. Um, mm. And then, you know, like, Every couple of weeks, like do something nice with my siblings, you know, like get all my siblings together, um, go out to dinner, go out to breakfast, um, things like that. Can I call like, can I call one new family, like a family member a week, call my grandpa like this week? Can I call my aunt the next week? Can I call my cousin the next week? Um, I have a reminder on my phone every day at noon. I get a text at noon every single day with a reminder that says, send someone a nice text. And I literally just scroll through my old text messages till I land on somebody Chances are I haven't texted them a long time or somebody I haven't talked to in a while. And I just shoot them a text, nice text. Maybe I saw something they posted on social media, or maybe I don't know what they're they've got going on right now. But I'll just shoot them a nice text. Like that's just for me, like to to focus. I on. love that
1: one, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Like, that was great.
0: Yeah, it's it's really like. Relationships investing in people and relationships, I think, are so crucial. And that's something that I, when I was starting this, my podcast and like doing social media, personal branding, like all that kind of stuff, it's very easy to get wrapped up in just you, like hitting your goals, like hitting a certain number in terms of revenue or profit or downloads or likes or whatever else. Um, I think it's really important to invest in relationships um, and the people that are in your life because those people like, you know, relationships, it's currency, you know, and like the more, like the more neglect them, like the, the poorer you get in that sense. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think invest investing in relationships and people was one of my goals this year as well.
1: Yeah. I love that one, dude. That's definitely something that I, I've attempted multiple times to get really consistent at, and sometimes I crush it and sometimes it's really easy for that one to fall away. Luckily. You know, I train my parents in my garage gym. So like, there's a, a pre-made time when they're going to come over and I'm going to see them. So that's something that's new that's helped me a ton with connecting with my family. Um, but the idea of having a reminder every day at 12, especially like midday, because I could see a lot of people at the beginning of your day, you get busy, you get bogged down, you get a little afternoon break where you get to connect with someone you haven't in a long time. There's an opportunity for, for, for some really good feel good hormones to get shot through your body by making that text and it just gives you back energy. Um, And that actually leads into another question I have for you is, you know, the fact that you have been in the corporate world, you work with corporate clients who are previous athletes, what activities do you do and what activities would you suggest for either your current clients or potential clients they do to kind of refill that cup that we were talking about where everyone has, you know, hundred percent every day sometimes you start at 60, but there's activities that we can do much like that text at noon that can refill and recharge that cup. Do you have any others that you suggest to your clients or you do yourself that people could benefit from?
0: Yeah, I think like we mentioned earlier, it's like, you know, like having everything like regimented for us, like at specific times or days um, that was, you know, it's, Gets annoying at times, but at the same time, it gave you some structure and eliminated a lot of the anxiety of having to um, make a lot of like decisions. Like, the, the less decisions you have to make, like for me, has been beneficial, right? So, I, uh, I like literally, I try to drink a gallon of water a day. So, I literally have like, okay, first thing I do when I wake up, I'm chugging 32 ounces of water. And then, like, I usually, eat lunch around the same time. Um, So like before I eat lunch, 30 minutes before that, I'll drink another 32 ounces of water. Like I schedule in like when I'm going to get my water in. I try to eat at the same time every day. I try to keep my workouts at the same time every day. Little things like that, eliminating the like anxiety and like the, the decisions that you have to make are going to really, really help. Um, for me, like I'm I'm an overthinker for sure. So that when I take time to plan, um, implement and strategize and reflect, just like I would in sport, right? You know, you're going to game, you have the game plan, you're going to study game film, uh, like things like that, like approach life, like it's a sport in a sense, you know, and just being like regimented with your schedule and people say, oh, like I like the, uh, you know, I, I like being, I like how each day is new and I, I don't like to be in like stuck in routines. Well, yeah. Then, then if, you, if you say that, then you can't like complain about being anxious or like not getting done things that you want to. Um, Something mm-hmm. that I, so like some things that I, I analyze or I tell like my clients is just to, you know, kind of keep a, a, a trick, like a, like a little journal or like a, a digital journal of, of your day. Like just take five minutes a day to like break down what went well that day, what didn't go well, what's working for you, um, things that you can try tomorrow, things you can try tomorrow. um, And then just writing down your daily wins. So like three to five things at the end of the day that no matter how bad your day was, I found you sit down and you can pull three to five good things that happened out of that day. So whether that's just life, whether it's fitness, whether it's nutrition, no matter what it is, like there's always three to five things that you can take that, went well that day that you can be proud of that you can build on for the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, whatever. Yeah, dude. I think those
1: are fantastic, man. I know for so many people structure, like you said, so the people that say that I I love to live a spontaneous life, I think they're honestly just full of shit and that they don't want to take the time to create the routines. And what they really hope is somebody does it for them and the spontaneous events in their life is just the fact that somebody else took the time to create the structure and they're just along for the ride. They just don't want the responsibility of building the structure. But like you said, if anyone out there isn't, go ahead, go ahead, what you got on I was just going
0: to say, people, they know what they're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. but they just don't want to do it. And I'm the same Mm -hmm. way, you know? I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I'm supposed to be getting enough sleep. I know I'm supposed to be eating enough calories. I know I'm supposed to be drinking enough water. I know I'm supposed to be getting more sunlight throughout the day. Do I always do these things even though that I know they're su- I'm supposed to do them and mm-hmm. they're going to help benefit me and my health and the rest of my life? Yes, I know that. Do I always do it? No. So even people like you, like you have a coach, I have a coach. Everybody should have somebody that's there to hold them accountable to talk about the things that are not working for them and just to help them get to the better to become a better version of themselves um so i think it's just like a lack of like commitment from people too you know like they're scared to commit to something because they're afraid of failing or like falling off the wagon and that's where i think having a coach is great because you can discuss these things and just because you know you weren't nobody's perfect, but just because you didn't make the progress or you didn't do the things that you said you were going to do, or you wanted to do having somebody that you can talk to and doesn't have to be a coach necessarily, but it could be a friend, family member, just having somebody um, that can hold you accountable and that you can go to is really, really beneficial.
1: Yeah, I would, I would argue, I probably wouldn't be where I am in my life. If it wasn't for the fact that my entire life through sports, through mentorship I've had coaches along the entire way. If I was a kid who didn't play sports and didn't have coaches that took the time to organize what I needed to do and give me structure, there's no way I'd be the person I am today. And now that I've even, you know, with my business, with my own nutrition, again, once I got out of college, I still needed coaches. I needed people that go, Hey, I need to get, I'm at point a and I need to get to point B and there's a large gap And I really don't have the answers, but you are already at point B and you've crossed the bridge. What do I have to do? And they go, okay, I did it. I had to do steps one, two, three, four, five, and six. You're going to have to do those. Step three is going to be really fucking hard. Because for me, it was really hard. And maybe step five is hard for you. It was easy for me, but I can give you all the tips. And they give you this routine and this structure that now, like you said, those people that know what they need to do, they just don't do it. They don't need to question what do I do? They just need to have the commitment to do what is laid out in front of them. And I think a lot of people need that in their lives, myself included, because without it,
0: I feel like I would be lost. I'm the same way, man. I, you don't really realize it, but when you look back on your life and it coaches, teachers, mentors, all people, I know that I'm not where I'm at right now on my own. there was actually one more thing I wanted to put in on this. Something that I think coaches do that
1: we don't notice is that they give us praise when we don't give praise to ourselves. And something I wanted to say for you, man, the fact that in this podcast you're talking about, you went back to college your last semester and you had the best football season you ever had and the best school semester you ever had with your grades and everything. I want to give you props for that because You probably haven't given yourself props for that. You gave yourself like the half a second pat on your back and you said that was a good job, but on to the next fucking thing. Whereas most of us, if a coach isn't there to go, hey, sit in that for a second. Like realize that for four years, you never did that. And for one semester, you decided to be the best version of yourself and look at the outcome that you got. The best version of yourself had the best had the best sporting performance in football probably had the best leadership, had the best time, who also got the best grades. And if that is within you for a semester, who's to say that's not within you for the rest of your life? You know, you just have to remember that you can tap into that same dom, not for just three months, but forever. Because if you've done it once, who's to say you can't do it again? And I think people need to hear that more because we're so critical of ourselves. We don't give ourselves that pat on the back that we need
0: dude, that, I really appreciate that. And I literally sat here and like, just took that in from you. And it felt like, it just felt like an overwhelming, calming, like sense here. Like when you said that, because when I found like football, everything, like it was great. I mean, team success, we didn't have the team success that I'd hoped we had, but you know, you can't control the outcome of situations, you can only control how much you put in. And then when I found out, you know, I like the grades I had was great. Um, and, but I wasn't like, I was like, okay, cool. Now what, like, what, what, like, what am I doing? Like, and I was back to right back to focusing on, like, the next thing that I needed to do. And I preach this same thing that you just said, to my clients building on those small wins, like being proud of yourself, not thinking like, yeah, I did this, but I didn't do this. Yes, I accomplished this, but I didn't get to do that. Like That's okay. But focusing, it's, it's good to focus and like acknowledge the things that you that you do do. So um, yeah, man, I, I just wanted to appreciate that. Because that really, like made me like, take take some time to like sit back and reflect on that a little bit, you know? So yeah, I just wanted to appreciate that. I love, I love the perspective that you brought there.
1: Yeah. And the fact that you said it's a calming effect, I think is really cool for people to recognize because most of us, I don't know if this is for you, but I definitely know it's for me. A lot of our biggest fears is I'm not good enough. And if somebody can recognize the goodness in you, that calming effect that you feel is going okay, they see it too. I, I okay, I am as good as I thought I actually was. I didn't want to say it out loud. because I didn't want people to, you know, hit me down and say, No, you're not. But if someone else can recognize and see that potential in you, it's what every fucking athlete craves with a coach, whether they say it or not, the second they have a coach that looks at them and goes, dude, you're my fucking guy, no matter what, you might not see it but it's so in you it's insane and nobody else around here has it and you got to help bring it on everyone else like athletes love that we need that and we thrive off that and once we get out of sports we don't ever get that again and that's why coaches are so fucking important for former athletes because you never get that pat on the back that you used to get from a coach and all you do is do exactly what you said yeah it's good but i need to do this but 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 but, and you never give yourselves a pat on the back, and the coach is there to remind you. Like, no, you're the fucking guy. You're the guy I need on my team. You're the guy that's doing it. So, thanks for sharing that because that's the thing. Even for me, I'm having that realization of like that calm is when you get that recognition that we don't necessarily get because we're not on a field and we're not around coaches anymore.
0: Um, go ahead. You got. And when you're, yeah, no, not to interrupt you there, but like same thing. When you're an entrepreneur too it's like who's going to be there there's nobody that you report to there's nobody that's there to pick you up when you fail or you're having a bad day whereas a coach a good coach they can see that in you they can you may not say anything but they can sense in your body language the way you show up the way that you interact at practice the way that you're performing they they know right when something's going on with you but a lot of people like they don't they don't realize that you know like and, and they don't realize that even like same thing with like a parent like they know when you're not yourself they know when something's going wrong like these people that we confide in that um you know have helped us they they, they understand when we're we're having a bad day and they can also like see like you know when we're when we're lively and when we're we're being ourselves and um, so that's like just another reason like that there's like difference between like like a good coach and like great coaches like they they understand their players right and like I think for you and I as coaches we need to also constantly be like focusing on our clients like that should be like the number one priority is like making sure that like we are checking in to see that they're doing well you know that they're that they're not having a bad day or if they are having a bad day like how can we how can we help and it's not just like that once a week or that once a month or whenever like we meet with them like constantly just just checking in and you can take that into all areas of your life with your with your family with your friends you know like dude that 12 that
1: 12 o'clock text that you're talking about that could be you know the voice memo that you send to somebody that you might not even know needs to hear it. And you're like, dude, it's, bad. it's been a while, you know, looking at your stuff, looks like you're killing it. I don't know if anyone's told you that, but I just wanted to be the person to let you know, I see you and I see that you're doing the work. Like, dude, anyone out there is going to appreciate that text so much. And it takes so little of your time to do that. Couldn't agree more, man. That's dope, dude. Well, as we're kind of wrapping things up here, man, you got anything kind of exciting
0: coming up on the horizon with regards to business, podcasts, all those types of things? So I realized through mentors, and coaches that I need to take a little bit of backs of a backseat to the podcast and some of the other nice to haves. One of my uh, one of my mentors calls it like is the podcast making you money right now? No. Do you want it to? Yes, but like in order to grow there you need to you know make more make some more money. Uh, gets more, gets more experience so that you're able to, you know, produce a better product. And, and in turn, like you'll be able to grow the podcast. So um, what's really exciting is I'm really, really going all in on this coaching business. Like that is my, my passion is to help other people like find their ambition, like in life, find what lights them up, prioritize their health happiness and productivity and live a life that they can be proud of. And that's what I want to do. And that's why I decided to become a fitness and nutrition coach, just because I feel so fulfilled when I get a text and I'm able to help somebody. And then I'm able to hear back from them a couple of weeks later that, you know, that small little advice that I gave them was able to help them like break through a plateau or something like that. And um, like that just lights me up. And I also love creating content too. So you know, I'm going to be going all in on TikTok, uh, oh, LinkedIn, yeah. and probably getting back into some um, some YouTube stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, just be on the lookout for a lot more uh, a lot more content, and um, yeah, just going all in on on the business and content, but also relationships and being present. You know, and like being ambitious about my business goals but also being ambitious about um you know my my life goals as well Mm.
1: hell yeah dude and we'll definitely have you back on the podcast you know a little bit months down the road and we're checking in on how progress is going because i think that would be cool for people to kind of hear the progression as things go on in your life and the lessons that you've learned throughout that process Um, so where can people kind of find and follow you to get more of your content man
0: yeah, so I'm on Instagram at just my name Dominic Fusco. I'm on TikTok at Dom underscore Fusco. I'm on LinkedIn just my name Dominic Fusco. And Twitter, I don't even know if I remember my handle. I think it's like I, think <laughs> I have a Twitter. That, I don't even use it. Yeah, I think I think it's like Dominic Fusco. Uh, and then my podcast is Pure Ambition, and um, YouTube is just my name Dominic Fusco. So. Um, sprinkled a little bit everywhere, but going forward, probably be, probably be in, in a few of those places more so than others, but yeah. Hell yeah, dude.
1: Well, Dom, dude, appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate you kind of sharing a little bit of your story, your philosophy with how you coach people and your, you know, commitment to helping the the former athlete in the corporate world. I think that's a really important niche, for our life because there's so many former athletes out there who once they lose their sport, they feel lost and you going to decide to kind of be a leader in that space is super needed. So I, I appreciate you going after that goal. And I think that niche is going to be very happy to have you, man. So thanks for coming on the show and sharing, sharing some of your wisdom.
0: Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. And I'm grateful for uh, for this friendship we've developed over the past couple of weeks. Excited to see all you've got going on in the future as well. All right, guys. Until next week, have a good one. Peace.